Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 155 of Otaku Brothers. My name is Rusty, and as always, I'm joined by my forever co-host and brother-in-law, Ryan. Ryan, you've been getting down with some GoldenEye this week? I have not, but it sounds like you have, and we just jammed out to the soundtrack for like an hour before this episode starts, so... The things you yeah. gotta do, man. Exactly. It's it's a long process, especially when Rusty has a soundtrack to listen to. Mm-hmm. He turns into me, and usually I'm like, dude, I saw this awesome video, let me show it to you. And mine are agenda like 10 minutes. Yours are clips, luckily. Mm-hmm. But... If you put 20 in a row, <laughs> they're long as mine. So. You got to listen to the Cradle music, one of the best tunes in the GoldenEye soundtrack. You've got the pause music. There's just so much to love about GoldenEye. We're going to be getting into all of that and then some because that's what we do here on the Otaku Brothers podcast. Normally, we kick off the show talking about our life, any relevant life updates we want to bring to the show. We got to talk about the games that we've been playing recently. You, by the way. You've been playing a crap ton of games, man. I have. Yeah. And some of them you haven't even seen because I've been playing on the Switch as well. So Man. Yeah, it's going to be a, a very it, It's weird that you have a lot of time when you don't invest it into RuneScape. It, it, it's surprising. There, there's, a, there's 24 hours in a day, but six hours of RuneScape a day kind of cuts down on the, the rest of your lifetime. <laughs> we are very big promo- proponents of walking away from MMO addictions, folks. And if you need help, First of all, call a hotline if you need direct assistance. <laughs> Second of all, listen to our last episode where Ryan and I sat down with a professional intervention specialist and we talked through everything that Ryan's been going through, the challenges of MMO ticks, the challenges of the loot addiction, um, the capes, really everything in, in between that you can imagine with RuneScape and other MMO likes. We talked about it with a professional for about 15 to 20 minutes mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. And uh, it was kind of like a hostage situation, but we you got to what you what you wanted. So it got to my end goal. But yeah, all of that was related to our New Year's resolutions as it relates to game playing. So go listen to that episode if you haven't checked it out. We also talked about our top 10 most anticipated games coming into this new and beautiful year that is 2023. But today it's going to be a little bit more of a chill episode. Like I said, we'll talk about the life updates here in a second. We'll talk through all the games that we've been playing recently. And in the back half of the show, if you're a longtime listener of this podcast, you'll know that way back when Ryan and I went through these fun little cards from Chuck Klosterman called hypotheticals, Mm -hmm. crazy questions for insane conversations or something like that, I believe was the tagline. And then he had a sequel, a follow-up bundle of cards called superthetical's. And we only got through about 20 of those, 20 of the 50. And so kind of as a transitionary episode between some of our larger um, episode topics, we're going to do some of those in the back half of the show. Um, But I do want to kind of hype up our next main episode here in two weeks. Uh, Some of the things that Ryan and I do on Utaku Brothers with relative frequency, Mm -hmm. I feel like, is the Destiny Island Challenge. Going back to the age old question of if you were on a a desert island. What video games would you take with you? And uh, we kind of blew that idea out of the water a little bit. Mm -hmm. And we're doing every home console and handheld over the next. How many episodes of Otaku Brothers do you think we'll do before we cap it? I mean, I'm 30. You're 29. Mm -hmm. We've got like 50 years left to live. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Knock on wood. Um, ah, Maybe a good couple thousand. You think thousands? <laughs> We're going to be 80. I remember when I played the original Xbox. <laughs> Just croak on stream. 
Yeah. I remember when it was black and white or green and blue only. I was thinking like maybe 350. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's more reasonable. We'll cap it at 350. (laughs) But before we get there, we have to talk about every home console, every handheld console. When we take them to a desert island, what are the five games for each of those consoles that we take with us? Mm -hmm. And in addition to that, we kind of talk about the history leading up to release, launch titles, sales numbers, fun facts, 90s, early 2000s commercials that we pull from YouTube. It's just a really good time. It is. And so the next console that we're going to do as part of this segment is, Ryan alluded to it just a few seconds ago, the original Xbox. Mm -hmm. And as we get into some of the life updates, I think Ryan will probably talk through some Xbox related things. I've been getting down with some Game Pass recently when we get into our, our games played as well. So we figured let's show Phil Spencer and the guys over there on Xbox some love. Yeah. It's been a while. We don't do it enough. <laughs> it, it's maybe the first time on this show, but yeah. Yeah. So they have some games. So we'll uh, we'll plug it towards the tail end of the show, but we just want to kind of like prepare the listeners ears that we're going to be doing that in two weeks and we want people to participate in the discussion. So most people I would think have played the OG Xbox. If you haven't go on Google, research the system a little bit. What were, what would be the five games that you would take? on the OG Xbox to a desert island to play for the rest of your life. And uh, send us a little email, otakubrotherspodcast at gmail.com. You can find that in the show notes as well. And uh, we'll, ri- we'll read it here live on the show. Yeah, we will. In two weeks when we do that episode. So stay tuned for that. And I hope you'll stay tuned for the remainder of the hour and a half here while we chat at you. Hopefully you find it entertaining. Hopefully it finds you well. Mm-hmm. And you're playing some great video games on this fine Saturday or uh, later in the week when you listen to it. Yep. But uh, anyways, Ryan, I got to know. The people want to know. How's your life been going? Doing all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I pre-ordered uh, Harry Potter mm. and the Sorcerer's Stone. Nice. Or Hogwarts Legacy, which they're alternate titles at this point. Uh, I ended up getting the deluxe edition. Um, it's like $10 more. At Does Best that come Buy. with like a life-size pillow uh, featured as Dobby? <laughs> that would be terrifying <laughs> forgetting it's in your room and you see Dobby in the corner yeah no I, I went with the Ron Weasley edition mm-hmm. so yeah full poster cut out of him give me some of that red hair oh yeah <laughs> uh so with that I think you there's actually a lot of pre-order stuff that you can get okay there's like a black hippogriff there's some outfits I think there's like a dark arts arena type mm. thing um, I think there's one higher than that where you get like a wand or a book or something. But with the pre-order of the deluxe edition, it's not coming out on the 10th. It's coming out on the 7th. Which is wild. Which, yeah, I I, I can't remember a release where they moved up the release date by three days. A pre-order? What a pre-order incentive. It's great. Yeah. So I went with that and that moves it up from Friday to Tuesday. That just means I'm ruining my uh, week. <laughs> yeah. You taking any time off for that game? I am not. No, I I can't remember the last. Maybe God of War might have been the last game I took off for. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I took off for probably Halo 3 back in the day. Um, Were you like seven years old when that game came out? Whoa. Probably around there. <laughs> no, we, it, it was, I think, middle school. No, you were a freshman because I, I was, was a freshman I? in high school, so you would have been like a, a, a sophomore, probably. Maybe yeah. around there. Yeah. I mean, it was a big event. We mm-hmm. like half the school was gone, mm-hmm. mostly all dudes, but, <laughs> <laughs> but half the male population was gone. Uh, so yeah, I'm really excited about that one. 
Um, well, interesting little tidbit. I want to double click into that. Did you read that one for people that don't know Hogwarts Legacy? It's kind of an open world Harry Potter RPG. There's no morality system in the game because we were kind of talking about how cool it would be if they have kind of fable infamous like mechanics where as you make certain decisions, you kind of become either a dark wizard or witch or yeah. um, a, a typical Gryffindor person. Right? Yeah, I was looking into that. So it's not like a full scale, but you can be an asshole. Like yeah. you have like the option to be mean to people. And I think it does cut off some of your quest options. Oh, okay. Um, Because yeah. the developers came out and said, I was reading some article, I think it was Kotaku that talked about it, that you can use the unforgivable curses mm-hmm. and there's no real repercussions outside of the characters being like, yo, Whoa. he just a cadaver <laughs> like a student. Can we order a Death Eater in here? <laughs> this guy's getting crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, I'm really excited. I'll probably be a good guy in my first playthrough and then... Second playthrough, all hell is gonna break loose. Yeah. I'm gonna be kicking people with hippogriffs. <laughs> I'm gonna be a vaticadavering, uh cruciatusing all over the place. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm not beating up McGonagall and punching Davies, then Dude, are Maggie you really Smith, playing Harry Potter? Maggie Smith deserves better, but I okay, I get it. Yeah. So I, I'm really excited. Um that's my first kind of big game. One of my I think my most anticipated from last episode. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm really excited to dive into that one. Good stuff, man. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'll be picking up day one for sure. Um, so that'll make for some excellent podcast discussion when we do our Xbox episode for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, besides that, so I ended up ordering on Amazon Full or Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, the oh. full Blu-ray set. And it didn't have, like, I ended up putting it in for the first time because, like, you're going through Hunter x Hunter, mm-hmm. and that's uh, Full Metal Alchemist, my... Uh, clothing on our logo mm-hmm. is full or uh, Edward Elric's. Yep, and I was disappointed by the Blu-ray set because I put it into my PlayStation Five, and then just this screen, a black screen popped up and said, "This is only for Region B." Oh no! Way. And I was like, "What the fuck is Region B?" <laughs> <laughs> and it on the Amazon like thing, it never said Region B only. Yeah, and that's. Europe and Africa, and I clearly don't live there. So I needed region A, which is like a $100 mistake. That's a difficult thing with Amazon sometimes, because if you don't pay attention to the picture, sometimes when even like recent games, like if you try and order Fire Emblem Engage now, Mm -hmm. instead of pre-ordering it on Amazon, you might get like a European copy for reasons I I, can't even understand. I didn't even know that that was a thing that I had to be worried about. Apparently it is. Um, so I'll have to, what, VPN myself over to Europe maybe to play it? I don't even know if that'll work. I think you need to return it and get a... Well, I bought it months ago, so... And you didn't, like, think to test it, like, after it arrived? I, I didn't know this was something I had to look for, <laughs> so how was I supposed to know I needed to test it? Just like my Xbox that I got. Um, yeah, so that that's an issue. Uh, I need to figure out a solution for it, but kind of a letdown that I didn't get to watch that this week. Mm-hmm. Well, just the next time, you know, you're in Zimbabwe. I, I've made some mistakes. <laughs> so yeah. I also bought an Xbox One, which is a big thing. Um, I went to the same store that you bought some games from mm-hmm. recently. I ended up pick, picking up an Xbox One, I think original styling, like version one. And then I got Sea of Thieves and the Rare Replay. Because yeah. I want to go through Banjo-Kazooie. You talk, talk it up. And I, I felt like playing through it. Mm-hmm. But... I, I like a week after I got it, 
plugged it in. I was like, yeah, let's let's play some banjo. The disk drive doesn't work. That's not good. And I didn't know that. I mean, like you go into a GameStop, they test those systems for the most part before they close all close down. And I assume this was the same way. They go in, they're not going to sell faulty merchandise. Mm-hmm. I was wrong. Um, so my disk drive doesn't work. And that's the only reason I bought the Xbox One was for the disk drive. Um, so I need to figure out a solution for that or I'm going to sell my Xbox. So my my Xbox experience this year has been tainted already <laughs> on top of the lag of games for current system that we rag on. So a little sour taste in my mouth. but Well, the unfortunate thing about that store, it's kind of like a... I mean, for lack of a better word, it's kind of like a pawn shop. Yeah, I mean, so one of when I was looking at these other Xbox, like version two or whatnot, they're like, hey, this has like a, a timestamp. Like, we can't sell this to you until like three, four days from when I was in there. And I was like, oh, that's that's weird. Like, I've never heard of that. He's like, we just need to check the police databases to make sure it's not stolen. I was like, oh, this is where you sell stolen stuff, <laughs> not the Thieves Guild. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I, I didn't. A lot of things I don't think about. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the other thing about that, because it's, I guess, a a pawn shop, I, I don't go to pawn shops frequently, but if you look on your receipt when you buy stuff there, the return policy is 24 hours or you're screwed. Yep. And I'm screwed. Yeah. <laughs> I went with the latter choice. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I still have the price tag and stuff on it. I'm like, how do I not lose? It was like 144, which I think was a good deal yeah. for original. Um, And I, I mean buying a new one would be like 500 or whatnot well they had a series x there and it was um, like 550 i'm like i'm pretty sure that's above a new price <laughs> and if your disk drives aren't working on the old stuff i don't know what's wrong with this yeah so, um yeah that, it's unfortunate yeah well hopefully you can get a working one because i do want to i mean the whole purpose of that yeah was it like, was for us to either like land party or for us to play online yeah. or like play halo together and stuff mm-hmm. yeah um yeah, Sea of Thieves, it's gonna, that would be a fun one. For oh, heck sure. yeah. Um, I think the, and I don't want to start this now if I'm going to sell the system or it can't fix the disk drive. Um, Game Pass was like a dollar for the first one. Yeah, block. don't start your trial yet. Yeah. So, and I, I changed my name. I was Straw Cloud before, <laughs> and I rocked the hell out of Straw Cloud. While but... you played seven days <laughs> worth of Solitaire. <laughs> it was, I've played, I'm ranked. A hundred level, one hundred and fifty in Spider Solitaire. Well, it's crazy because there's a lot of things that I like about Xbox, and um, a lot of things I are questionable. But one thing that I like is you can go to the stats of every game, and they have this on PlayStation Two. You can you not PlayStation Two, but the PlayStation Four and Five, where you can see the number of hours that someone's played each game that mm-hmm. they they've played before, and those numbers are really rough. I, I think yeah, they're they're pretty rough. They're either you know a lot higher than you think they should be, or they're a lot lower than what they should be. Um, I feel like the Xbox numbers are pretty spot on. Mm-hmm. And so I was just curious because this is what I do. This is how I learn about people. Um, you know, I don't go to their Facebook profiles. I go to their PlayStation trophy lists. Yep. I go to their Xbox achievement history. Really what matters. It's not about the person. It's about their achievements. Well, that well, yeah. But I mean, you, you I learn. don't need to see pictures of your dog or your wife or your like relatives. I need to see how many hours have you played? Yeah, when solid. did you play Kingdoms of Amalur? You know what I mean? Like, that's mm-hmm. what I want to find out. And so... I went to your profile, of course, among many others, um, and you'd only played like three games. One yeah. of them was Gears of War, okay, which is, you and I played together. Yeah, because I logged into your account. Yeah. Yep. And then I forget what some of the Halo. other- Halo. Halo. We did the uh, the Discord party. That's right. Yep. 
And then the other one was solitaire. And I'm like, oh, let's check out the stats probably on this. probably put most of the time into Halo, right? <laughs> seven days. Yeah. Seven days. Yeah. We love well, to see it. Hey, solitaire is a fun game. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Okay, so you're going to try and get a working Xbox because we need to play Halo Infinite this year. Mm-hmm. And, and five. Yeah. So the last one we did was four mm-hmm. with all the robots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. What, what else has been going down? Is that it? Uh, so I went to a diaper party because there's a, a bunch of pregnant people or two pregnant couples mm-hmm. in this group I go to on Thursdays. Mm-hmm. And so I, I had to go buy diapers, which is a new experience for me because I don't have a kid <laughs> and I'm not expecting a kid anytime soon. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Yeah. And there are so many fucking types of diapers. I was like, just I mean, granted, there's lots of kids, obviously. So you need diapers. But yeah. there are so many varieties. Yeah. There's like training. There's like uh, pull ups. There's like super sensitive version six depends yeah it depends <laughs> I, I didn't go that far down the aisle <laughs> that's a really old baby at that point <laughs> oh man <laughs> he's not nine months he's like how many months is 80 years a lot oh uh, we'll, we'll do the math behind the scenes yeah so i mean it was an experience i sat there because i was texting one of the girls in the group who has a kid so has Far more experienced buying diapers than I do. And I was like, hey, I have no idea what I'm doing. You have some expertise. Please point me in the right, right direction so I'm not like the noob at the diaper party rolling up with the pens. So, yeah. yeah. Well, good. I survived that experience. It was traumatic, but I got there. Well, Lauren, I have kids. You got to figure that out. Well, at least you know, for I guess, for the future. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, good for you. I, I'm just learning. You know? Well, I didn't do a whole lot of diaper shopping this week, <laughs> but... Good. um. I did play a lot of games, but before we get to that, I did make some modifications to the game room. That you did. So Some big ones. Really the last two things I wanted to do before really figuring out the game room tour that I want to do for my YouTube channel. And so previously I had a a very functional entertainment center Mm -hmm. for my TV and some of my game consoles, but it had this like weird ergonomic like V-shaped looking deal going on where... It was very difficult to fit some of my consoles. Um, it was kind I, of like I don't a, know what they were thinking. Kind it of it was so magnet. much empty space. Yeah. 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 So I, I didn't really like that. But it again, it did the job. It held up the TV for as long as I wanted it to. Uh, and then my cousin, who's very good with electrical wiring and mounting TVs and all that kind of stuff, he came over and mounted the TVs in my house, mm-hmm. one of them being here in the game room. And after he did that, I went to Amazon, got a um, a new entertainment shelf. It's very low to the ground, uh, nice and wide, has some great uh, pockets for, I guess, two cabinets mm-hmm. on the far left and far right, and uh, has the perfect amount of space to um, to showcase my retro consoles. Yeah. But also now that the TV's mounted, the, uh, the PS5 that's like four and a half feet tall can sit on the entertainment shelf without going in the way of the TV. Yeah, no, it, it's a big improvement. Yeah, sure. so... Um, so I'm excited about that. And I also did something this week, Ryan, that if you go back about 30, 40 episodes, uh, and even that YouTube video that I posted, how my game collecting habits have changed. Mm -hmm. I did something I told myself I would never do. (laughs) I told myself, if you'll remember that I was never going to buy any more game shelves, shelving units Mm -hmm. for the game room. What was my rule? Well, I mean, that's your rule. No more shelves, but yeah. My, my rule was, in addition to that, was if I 
go beyond the space I have on those shelving units. It's time You're to start selling games. Time to yeah. get rid of existing games that I have, right? Make room for new ones. And, um, you know, you're going on Amazon as you do. And when you add an entertainment unit to your cart, it's like, oh, well, while you're shopping for furniture, check out this stuff. We see that you buy games frequently. Yeah. Why not add why this? Why not bundle it? <laughs> why not bundle it with this little entertainment shelf that holds like 125 Wii games was literally the unit of measurement they were using on Amazon. Okay. Um, it's metric. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but whatever. Uh, so I totally did. I added it because I just have had all my Xbox stuff sitting in my closet over here and I needed a way to display that. And I knew that the two cabinets on the entertainment shelf that I bought was not going to be enough. Um, so I got it. I think it looks, oh, I'll ask you first. Do you think it still looks clean and not cluttered? Yeah, I think so. I, I think if you were to fill up the other little gaps that kind of have empty space, mm -hmm. um, then it would feel really cluttered. And it's not like a full wall. You still have other things around it. Yeah. Um, it's my, Yoshi's, this, yeah. my Yoshi story poster above it. Yeah, you still have room. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think it's, I think it's good. Good. Well, thank you. Um, so yeah, I just was assembling some of that stuff earlier this week and kind of reorganizing, shuffling certain games around. I was finally able to unbox my repeat figure mm -hmm. from Tales of Vesperia and my boy Spyro pulled him out of the box and put him on the shelf as well. So I feel like the game room has really come together at this point. There's like a few odds and ends things that I still want to do, but I think the game room tour is coming to a YouTube uh, subscription box soon. <laughs> Near you. Near you. <laughs> this summer. Yeah. Coming soon. Rusties. Yeah. It, it should be a good one. It's it's looking really good. Mm-hmm come a long way since the uh white walled room that we started out with well the cool thing too is i have all those progress pictures yeah um so when i do end up doing the the, the game room tour inevitably i might kind of have some b-roll of the before and after very cool so um so yeah stay tuned for all of that people but ryan i heard you played one of my favorite 3d platformers from the last few years this week i did i gotta hear about it what, what have you been playing the past couple all right weeks? I'll, I'll save that for last okay all right. that's fair so this week, um, I, I made a meal for a friend, and while I was waiting for that to cook, I ended up picking up Hades again, mm. um, kind of in preparation of Hades 2 coming out as well. Uh, got a couple run-throughs. I ended up turning on uh, God Mode, which if you fail a run, it ends up lowering the difficulty by a couple percentages, like you take less damage and stuff. Um, so I'm down to 24%. <laughs> oh, wow. Reduced. Um, I think you start at 20 and then just go down from there. So I'm I'm down to 24%. Hopefully I'll get a win eventually. Um, so that, that was a good time. I did play some RuneScape. Oh, gosh. And <laughs> you want to guess how much time I've put into RuneScape in the last two weeks? Well, I do kind of want to call you out for something on air. Okay. You were... We were kind of going back and forth on Discord in our DMs. So mm -hmm. the public could not see this. And it sounds like you found a workaround to play RuneScape or run something in some window where it's not accounting for actually time played while you're still accruing resources. Is that to be believed? No. So, I mean, different skills are time-based. So farming, it's your plants take some, it has time to mature, some maturation time. So, so say I plant a yew tree. It takes three hours until I can actually harvest that yew tree. Oh, dude, I love planting my yew trees. <laughs> they're they're great. 
a little bit better than willows and a little bit better than maples, but worse than magic trees. Mm. Um, so for like the farming skill, it's real world time. So I can go on a planting run and then come back in three hours and actually get the resources. But the run itself is like, say, a three to five minute loop. So I run around to each patch, harvest the tree, replant the tree and log off. So all I'm really trying to figure out is, are there's, you there's no workaround? There's no. Work if around. I go into my account, it'll show days played, hours played. Okay. And so your question to me was, mm-hmm. how much more time? How much time did you spend playing RuneScape over the past two weeks? Mm-hmm. Keeping in mind, I've gotten no platinum trophies in that time. Yeah. So I'm working my way up to 50 hours, right? For your one platinum that you'll probably get this year. Hmm. So you probably put. In two weeks? Mm-hmm. 20 hours. Nope. Higher? Lower. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Yeah, um, right direction, at least. Eight. Lower. An hour. Hour, 48 minutes. Wow. Can we get this guy a, an honorary... I, I deserve at least a pat on the back for that one. An honorary cape, at the very least. Yeah, and it, the interesting thing is, too, because I, I track Ben's progress, because he's going for a 99 smithing, which is, like, one of my favorite skills. Um, <laughs> the way you, yeah, I, so I love the skill, but, um, so the same way you track everyone's platinums and trophies and shit, I track where he's at and, um, he's gotten maybe 10 K XP, which is like five minutes in the last two weeks since I stopped playing. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm the bad influence when I play, he plays, Yeah, but he's been playing other stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I haven't really played much. Um, kind of been putting my time into other places. You love to see it. You love yeah. to see it. And then be, I, I ended up downloading, I guess, after beating the game we'll talk about here shortly, Super Lucky's Tale. Mm-hmm. I ended up picking up or downloading kind of my next couple games that I'll be playing. Um, I downloaded Hot Wheels um, Unleashed. Oh, yeah. Which is a fun racer. It was free on PlayStation Plus a while back. Yeah, so that that's just kind of like an arcade game in between kind of stressful stuff. How is it? It's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's really cool and how in-depth they go with those Hot Wheels. Like, the models are spot on. I heard the models are spot on and the track design is really well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I've only done maybe four or five races, but and there's no, from what I've seen, there's like loot boxes for like randomly getting cars. I heard that, yeah. But it's all in-game from yeah, races. Yeah, you can't buy any, right? Yeah. Really? No, I, I looked because I'm like, there has to be a way that like people or them trying to money grab. And no, I didn't see any. I heard that's, um, yeah, that's great that you can't use real-world money to get them. But I have heard that the the time it takes for that stuff to reset can still be a bit tiresome. Yeah, so there's like the random loot boxes kind of where you get a random car and you can get duplicates and stuff. But mm-hmm. you can sell them for like upgrade materials. Okay. So at least it's not like a complete wash or loss. Um, But there's like a store and it filters, say, eight different cars that you know you're going to get. Okay, If you buy it for like a thousand versus the 500 for a loot box. That's a little nice dopamine rush though, getting a new car Mm -hmm. every once in a while. It's cool. And especially at the beginning, you're like, oh, I never saw that Hot Wheel in the store. Um, So yeah, that's a fun one. I downloaded A Plague's Tale. Mm. So I... The problem is with pre-ordering Harry Potter and it coming out on Tuesday, I thought I had a week and now I have like three days mm-hmm. to figure out what I want to play. 
So that's a little difficult. It it's downloaded, so I'll eventually get to it. It's I think a twelve hour game. Yeah, it's around not too there, bad. so not too long. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Hot Wheels kind of balance that one. Um, and then I also you've been bugging me about uh, Final Fantasy fifteen for the longest time, and it, you I mean you no. describe it at like Monster Hunter. And no, I I finally pulled the trigger. And I started Monster Hunter Sunbreak. Fuck. <laughs> no. I, so I've had this game for like a year. Uh, I think it came out in July of last year. And when it came out, I'm, I had put 145 hours into the base game. I'm like, I, I'm pretty good where this is at. I'm not feeling like a full, like another dive into it. But I'm kind of in between Harry Potter, similar to like the Hot Wheels game going on a hunt or so. Um, so I put a, a little bit of time into that. So this is like base game is low rank, high rank, and this is the master rank. So the next it's a full game, but it's like the hardest difficulty. Kind okay. Of. I was like layman's terms, please. Yeah. So you get like, basically you work your way up through the first game to get like the highest level armor. And like, you're like, oh shit, I'm awesome now. Like I can tank high level monsters. You go into master rank and basically the first level set, like level one master rank is maybe a hundred defense above. So translated, this is like an late game, post game MMO. Yeah, it's similar to Iceborne to Monster Hunter World. It's basically that expansion of the, the harder difficulty. Okay. Um, so I started that. I made my first kind of armor set and I'm pretty happy with that one. It, it's a good time. Yeah. Cool. I like that you're... Uh... <laughs> I felt like the lead in a Final Fantasy 15 would be funny, but yeah, well, I didn't find. Yeah, it I was like, I, sh- I know I'm letting you down again. I'll get to it eventually. And then the cool thing, so now that I'm immersed in this Sunbreak world, um, I'm watching YouTube videos and stuff. And on the seventh of this month, there's going to be the fourth title update. So they're adding new monsters, new harder difficulty stuff. And from what I'm reading is. The fifth and final update is going to be in April. So similar to like Iceborne, they released the Fatalis Hunt and then basically they stopped adding any new content. And interestingly enough, with that timing is within the next month or so after the Fatalis Hunt dropped, they announced Rise. So not word on the street, but what people are theorizing is right after they drop this in April, there's going to be potentially an Nintendo Direct to announce the new Monster Hunter. Like Monster Hunter World 2 or whatnot. There's no way they'd be at a Nintendo Direct. I feel like that would be like a that's how they That's how they did Rise. Yeah. Was a Nintendo Direct. But I mean, I feel like they've had this string of Sunbreak, Rise, Outbreak, you know, freaking Moon Rises or whatever the fuck that, you know, these Monster yeah. Hunter titles. I feel like World 2 has to be the next... Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, maybe we get that in the summer kind of show mm-hmm. potentially. But I mean, after this final title update, there's going to be making more Monster Hunters. The last two sold like gangbusters. Well, in recent years, Capcom has had their own section of E3. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, the the content of those presentations has been very lackluster. But I have to wonder if, you know, riding the success and revenue streams of the Resident Evil remakes of the world and Resident Evil Village and Seven, Monster Hunter World has to be around the uh, around the corner. Yeah, Monster Hunter so. World Two. I yes. Mean, so, um, so I'm really excited about that potentially coming, mm-hmm. and then going through 
Sunbreak is a ton of fun. Okay. Good stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, cool. it, you, you told me that you played all these exciting games and we've already we've spent the past 10 minutes talking about RuneScape and Monster Hunter, so it's just a little disappointing. Well, Monster Hunter is my number one game. And I, I'm it's hard to compare to World, like because World is my favorite game of all time. And Rise is great. Um, I'm enjoying Sunbreak more than the base game. But it's it's hard to compare to like where it falls in line with those two because of just kind of the experience around world for me. Um, but yeah, it's a good time. You'll eventually need to play a rise. Yeah, about the same time you play Final Fantasy 15, buddy. How about I substitute 15 with 16? <laughs> Don't you owe me like a dinner for not playing Bioshock 1, 2, and 3 back to back at this point? You forget about so, that? So I was playing Super Lucky's this week. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I think so. Yeah. Um, I know so. Hey, I feel like Super Lucky's Tale is a good compromise to not going through Bioshock. It's a great, happy game. Oh, yeah. No, it's great. I'm, I'm incredibly happy that you played it. Mm-hmm. And I beat it. I mean, shit. This is like one game in one month. That's that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Granted, you've beaten like four games at this point, three, yeah. but I'm happy. Well, how'd you like New Super Lucky's Tale? It was adorable. Adorable as hell. I mean, it was just the hap- the little foxy guy. He's lucky, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's his tale. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a ton of fun. I mean, it's, it's simplistic. It, I mean, each level you try to collect four different things. It's the letters, the kind of main page. Um, a hidden page, and then some coins. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the formula is there pretty much on every level, um, which I really liked. You didn't have to change it up for different stages. Um, you had five different worlds that you can go through, and I I was fine ending at five. Mm-hmm. The final boss didn't necessarily give me trouble, but I did try him a few times. It's kind of tough, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I... I Enjoyed it. I loved being able to change his clothes. Oh, a mix and match too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a trophy for it. Yeah. And I got that yeah. shit. So <laughs> Yeah, you did. Um, hell yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> Wear those clothes. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I still need a... I'll probably end up platinuming this game. It's like, a fun one to, yeah, yeah. to get the platinum. It's, it's not very challenging. You don't really have to go out of your way. You get... I mean, I looked. You've got like... 30 out of the 55 trophies by just going through the game. Yeah, I mean, the first couple worlds, I 100% of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then by the time I got to, I think, three, I was like, I'm going to do as much as I can through my, like, beating the levels. Yeah. And usually that was 100%. Um, but there's a lot, like, some of the puzzle dungeons. So, like, on each, in the stages, you have, like, what, a pipe underground or something into these little dungeons where they have... It's like a like, block moving puzzle. Yeah. And they're tough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the first world and maybe the first and second world, I was like, okay, this isn't bad. Pretty simple. Like I, I'd like if they pumped up the challenge. You got to world three and I'm like, maybe we should bring down the difficulty here because I, I, yeah. And it's just moving around blocks, but it's like what order and you get, uh, so you're trying to, what, like chess pieces almost? Yeah. You have like fox chess pieces and then you have like an enemy chess piece. And you're trying to get them into these little green squares. But like you can get it into the corner. You're like, I don't know which. It's like you're playing chess. Well, I, it's kind of like if you've ever done those puzzles where you have to. A Rubik's Cube kind of like on a on a on a 2D plane where you're trying to 
form together a picture mm-hmm. and you're trying to move all of those puzzle blocks around yeah. to formulate the picture design. That's yeah. kind of what these puzzles are structured like. Like clue scrolls in RuneScape. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. No, yeah. I mean, so I'll eventually have to look up the, um, just a guide for yeah. those. There's, there's no way I'm going to spend like five hours like racking my brain how to solve these. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like that would almost bring down the enjoyment, but uh, yeah, no, I'll, I'm going to go through there's a final world where you like post completion where there's a bunch of different mini games. Um, But yeah, overall had a great time. Good stuff. I'm glad you liked it. And uh, just another plug for people that have not played new super lucky's tale. You can get it on every console. It's on game pass right now. So be sure to check it out. It's such a cozy 3d platformer. So happy similar to Kirby in the forgotten world land Kirby in the forgotten land. It's impossible to play new super lucky's tale without smiling mm-hmm. yeah especially with the smiling fox like looking if you go idle he starts like talking to you yeah yeah he's just making noises he's so cute so uh, well good stuff yeah is that is that all you played yes well yeah, good stuff five that, different games it's so. a nice little mix of things i like it. a little hot wheels action a little mm-hmm. 3d platformer goodness uh well, well I, I was debating between hot wheels and pod racing oh yeah so but i think i'm stuck on pod racing like there's one race where i'm like I slam into walls way too hard. So yeah. I, I went with the the lighter of the two. Good stuff. A solid, admirable list of games, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. I, um, I'm looking for your approval. <laughs> most people in are. In my gaming work. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyways, so I played a nice little mixture of games this week as well. I I can't remember why I booted up. Oh, no, yeah. I booted up my Xbox Series X because Goldeneye was released on the Nintendo Switch mm-hmm. and the Xbox this past week. Excuse me. And I just wanted a nice little boost of nostalgia, play through the GoldenEye campaign, and that's exactly what I did. Breeze through it. I couldn't believe. I had a similar experience earlier or late last year when I was going through Kingdom Hearts 1 mm-hmm. um, for the Proud Mode trophy. Yeah. And what was so mind-boggling to me playing through that again as an adult was I was clearing Kingdom Hearts worlds in like 30 to 45 minutes. Yeah, they can go quick. And as a kid, I felt like I was swinging on those vines, running around with Tarzan for months before I beat Clayton. First of all, because it's kind of like backwards to cue the cutscenes in the, the, the Tarzan world. There's yeah, the triggers are all over the place. Yeah, it's kind of weird in that in that regard. Um, But anyways, again, it was mind boggling to me how as a kid, I felt like I spent forever in those worlds. Mm -hmm. And as an adult, I was clearing them. No problem at all. 30 minutes, 45 minutes, whatever. So I, I queue up Goldeneye on the Xbox Series X, which, by the way, controls like a freaking dream with an Xbox controller. Oh, okay. Oh, my I saw so many people on Twitter this week complaining that we're playing on the Switch. Like, you know, why doesn't Pierce Brosnan blink? Why does his face look so weird? It's like, dude, this came out on the N64. I was going to say you had one joystick back in the day. <laughs> 26 years ago. Like, of course they're not blinking. Of course it looks. Why like does it va- look photorealistic? Like Vaseline smeared all over the screen. It's the N64, people. Uh, anyways, I think the game with the HD on Xbox Series X looks fantastic and again with an xbox controller plays like a dream the 16 by 9 aspect ratio fantastic what a freaking rush of nostalgia yeah because we played golden eye 
what end of last year mm-hmm. uh, with a couple friends from work, and I, I've never I never played it as a kid. So playing it on with the N sixty four, just going back to an N sixty four controller was rough. Mm-hmm. But I could imagine that playing like a dream. Yeah, no, it's it's so good. Um, I haven't played it on Switch, so I can't really um, I comment on how poorly it controls or what it looks like, but. On Xbox, it's the way to go. The only unfortunate thing about the Xbox version is that it does not feature online multiplayer. And I don't know why they made that choice of Switch only. Like, Switch is the worst place to do online stuff. I know. I'm, I'm sure just because of the licensing rights of Nintendo or whatever. I mean, But the weird thing is that Xbox owns Rare now. So you'd think that they would get first dibs on something like multiplayer, but... I don't know. Phil Spencer threw Nintendo a bone. They get the multiplayer rights. I'm just glad that we're able to play GoldenEye on the Xbox because it, again, looks so good, plays so well. Getting back to my comments about clearing things quickly, I was going through these levels in like two minutes, like just friggin' rushing through <laughs> them. Um, again, as a kid, I felt like I was rushing around um, the frozen tundras in the bunker level or bunker two. I should say, for hours on end trying to find out where that satellite tower was. Whereas an adult, it's just, boom, you're just in and out of those levels, like, super yeah, quick. Yeah. <laughs> How long was the full playthrough? A couple hours? A couple hours. Yeah, I think it ended up taking me about anywhere from three to five-ish. Okay. Somewhere around there. The you unfor- know- oh, Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, for the Switch version, is that full price? Is that like a $60 game or is it like 20 It's part of the Switch Online N64 expansion. Oh, okay. So it, they don't have a physical release? No, no. Okay. No, nothing like that. Um, the other thing that I forgot about GoldenEye is there's three... Well, first of all, there's three difficulties. Mm-hmm. I was just playing on the easiest, but even if you beat the game, your final level is the Cradle. Where you fight? Uh, well, I'm not gonna. Get, I'm not gonna spoil Golden Spoiler: Twenty year old game. Yeah, but there are two extra unlockable levels mm. that, if you don't play on the hardest difficulty, you'll never unlock. Okay. The credits still roll when you play the game on the easiest difficulty, and you get to that third to last level. And uh, I was hoping to be able to just like throw in a cheat code or something like that yeah. and play those final levels because I've never actually beat them before. Um, I've always just as a kid played up to that third to last level. But but no, no cheat codes. You have to do it. Play through the entirety of GoldenEye on Double O Agent. And let me tell you, that is no easy task. Really? Really challenging. Even um, with the two joysticks? Yeah. It, it's hard. Like you die quick. I feel like you're running out of ammo a lot faster because, again, because it's more challenging, the guys take more bullets to kill. Mm. It's tough. But maybe we can do a swap the controller action sometime Okay, and try yeah. and get through it because um, I'd really love to finally play. I mean, I've never it. played the base game, yeah. so I, I don't know. All I know is there's a dam somewhere in there that people talk about. The but classic level. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, GoldenEye was a lot of fun. Um, again, sure, there... It hasn't aged super well, but it also came out like 26 years ago. So yeah. I don't really anticipate it too. But um, outside of that, Final Fantasy 12, Ryan. It's a big one. The Zodiac Age. We yes. clocked in at just under 50 hours and we rolled credits. Hell yeah. And uh, fantastic game. Um, someone tweeted me last night after they saw my beat tweet about it and said, uh, how does this compare to other Final Fantasies? 
such a subjective question, right? Yeah. I mean, everyone I think has a different idea of what their favorite Final Fantasies are. I mean, people oftentimes point to something like Final Fantasy VII, but I know people that point to something like Final Fantasy VIII, which is 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 not really one that people tend to talk about in higher regard um, or don't hold in the same mm-hmm. regard as something like seven. But um, if I had to like just off the cuff rank them, like 13 and nine are like S tier Final Fantasy. Okay. And after that, I'd even put Final Fantasy seven remake up there as well. And like S tier, I feel like Final Fantasy 12 would rank really high B, B tier mm. for me. Okay. Um, and I'll talk more about this in my review that I'm going to be posting on YouTube maybe next weekend if I can get around to recording this week. The story is certainly serviceable. Mm-hmm. It can get a little political, political-like, um, but it really just boils down to there's a country in between two warring nations, and this Princess Leia-like character has to figure out a way to intervene to kind of quiet the tension. Okay, That's really what the story boils down to. Um, but yeah, you can kind of get lost in the nuance a bit. I didn't feel like it had as likable a cast as something like Final Fantasy 13, where even though 13's story can be a convoluted mess and half the time I don't even really understand what's going on, I still loved the characters. Yeah. And I also loved the battle system. So it had two very big things going for it, not to mention the tunes. Yeah. Final Fantasy 12 has an okay cast of characters, an okay story, but a freaking banger combat system. And I think that's why it doesn't quite reach A tier for me, but really sits high up on B. Um, it's an excellent Final Fantasy game. I do not think it's talked about enough. Um, you know, p- people just typically talk about like the sevens and tens of the world, the sixes, maybe the fours. I hear no one talking about Final Fantasy twelve. Yeah, and they should be because it's a really great JRPG and an excellent Final Fantasy game. Um, that the combat system is certainly. The thing that shines most but um i hope after my youtube video i can get more people to jump on the ff12 train you were saying you had some issues with the kind of end of it i almost threw my controller through the tv actually <laughs> can you explain that yeah so in very ps2 era jrpg fashion the final three hours of the game is kind of like the return of the king where there's just like 12 different fake out endings yeah there's also a crazy boss rush mode oh, gosh. T- towards a uh, type of thing, kind of similar to Kingdom Hearts 1, right? Okay, a required boss rush. All, all required. So at the very tail end of the game, I'll, I'll stay away from spoilers, but you have to climb this tower. It's 100 freaking floors, and you have to climb up pretty much every single floor, 1 to 100, to face a certain boss. And then there's another hour and a half of another section of the game. Where yeah, you then go, you go up another tower. Go fight. And then it's a bigger one. Go fight another <laughs> boss. But when you get to, there's three different like tiers or sections mm-hmm. of this 100 floor tower. First one, it's very much just kind of like going through the motions, clearing monsters, getting to the second tier. When you get to the second tier of this tower, things get a little bit more challenging where you walk up to this grid and you have the option to sacrifice one of four things before going through the next three levels. Okay. You can either sacrifice attacking, so you literally can't use any attacks with your party. You can sacrifice the use of magic. So Which kind of alienates one person or healing. Yeah, think you're, yeah, you're healing spells. You can sacrifice your mini-map, or you can sacrifice the use of items. 
Now the first mini map maybe was the best option because again it is very maze like this tower when, when you're on these individual floors so it could be difficult to know where the door is to get to the next level. Mm. So my thought process was well I'm just going to sacrifice attack because I'll just flee battle run through and heal up before when I get to the next floor if I if I am damaged along the way. Yeah. Until I get to the boss and I'll be golden, right? That logic seems somewhat sound. Yeah. Right? Yeah, for the most part, yeah. So I sacrifice attack. And when you go through this door You saved before this before this, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's not convincing. <laughs> no, I did. Oh, did you? Okay. I did. So you get to this floor, yeah. you sacrifice something, you can save. But when you walk through this door, you're locked out. You can't get back unless you reload your save, of yeah. course. I didn't know this, right? So I sacrifice attack. I'm going to beeline the next three levels. I'll get my attack power back and I'll fight the boss. And we're golden, mm-hmm. right? No, not the case. So I beeline it. I get I get through the three floors. And of course, at the top left or right corner of your screen, it tells you like, hey, you can't attack or you can't use magic, whichever one you choose to sacrifice. Yeah. So I walk up to the three floors and I save again because I'm like, okay, well, I'm getting ready to fight this boss. I'll of course get my attack power back when I walk through this door and fight the boss. Right. That's, this is what I'm telling myself. So I save, I overwrite the save that I did three levels before when I sacrificed the attack. Right. So I walk through the boss door and I run up and I'm like, okay, I got my gambits configured and everything like that. We're just going to annihilate this boss because I'm already overpowered. No one's attacking. This enemy, this boss is completely destroying my party. Now, granted, my mage is healing them, but I can't attack. So I'm like, okay, well, this is bizarre. So Why? there's one option where you lose the game. <laughs> so I pause the screen. I'm like, what? what is going on? So then I, of course, am like looking up guides because I've really not consulted a guide in Final Fantasy XII at all to this point because it's a very intuitive game. You always have a way marker on your map. You know where you need to go. So I'm like looking at these guides and it's like you, you're a dumbass if you if you select attack. You're a dumbass if you select magic. You're a dumbass if you, you know, sacrifice items. Always sacrifice the mini map because you can still go to the pause screen and pull up your map. It's just not on it, yeah. the, the, the HUD of the game. I didn't think to look at a guide before this. So I'm thinking like, okay, well, this sucks. I'll just die and I'll run back down three floors and select mini map and just redo all of this. Mm. So then I, I, I rush all the way back. I go down three floors, which is not easy either because you're getting attacked by really high powered enemies and you're, you, you run the risk of while fleeing dying. Yeah. They don't let you leave or whatnot. Yeah. So I run down the three floors. I get to the door. It's locked. I can't get back out. I'm like, well, fuck, <laughs> let me just reload my safe. Yeah. Wait a second, Rusty. You overwrote the save when you got to, the floor before so i was like how am i gonna do this because the other thing that i didn't know about final fantasy 12 this is a psa to people that want to play this game you have six party members at any given time mm-hmm. for the entirety of the game i used three and my brain my little p my little p-sized brain i thought as i'm gaining xp for these three people that are in the game fighting the people that are outside of the game are naturally also getting xp right mm-hmm. pokemon taught me lots of things over the past <laughs> XP few years share, always right not the case. So most of my party is like level 52. These three schmucks are like level 12. So. So why did you only have three? Could you only have three, it's a three out party, at a time? It's a three party system. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, but my, you just had like reserve. Parties. My point in saying that is 
the way you configure your licenses, your your job classes or whatever, I have a white mage who's primarily healing based, the one who's level 12 that's not in my party for the prior uh most of the game to this like point a black mage is a black mage. Yeah. So she can she can do like thunder and everything like that. So I thought like, well, I'll spawn her in, still have my white mage in, and then I'll have a tank just to draw the boss's damage, yeah. right? Guess which boss is not vulnerable to literally any black mage <laughs> magic power. This one. Yeah, you're screwed. <laughs> so I found a workaround. This boss, mind you, has like 350,000 HP or like 500,000 HP. Oh, gosh. I had a guy in my party. With a spoon. <laughs> that, <laughs> that had this magic ability that always guaranteed 1,000 damage. 500 attacks. That's and, rough. And did not require any MP. How so, does that work? I don't know. So ba- I didn't ask questions. <laughs> yeah. So basically, and at this point, I couldn't spawn out to like get extra um, ethers or whatever. Yeah. I just had to rely on the items I had. So I basically had my white mage in the corner, just constantly healing this guy that was just throwing needles at the boss like every 10 seconds. And I just had to wait it out. I exhausted all my ethers. My white mage was next to death, still just healing this guy, throwing his little needles. And I finally defeated the boss. It took like 20 like in-game minutes. Most boss battles in Final Fantasy XII last like two. Holy crap. (laughs) So it was a nightmare. I literally thought I was going to be blocked out or locked out of the rest of the game. Mm -hmm. And I was going to have to watch a cutscene. It was, I was sweating, dude. <laughs> just the, how long did it take you to figure out that workaround? I'm sure there was just pure panic. Oh, panic. I was just going through all the menu systems and trying to find like, who can do damage? Mm-hmm. Who is guaranteed to do something against this dude? Like I was f- throwing fucking items at him. Like I was just throwing items at him that did damage. And that was just doing like. Yeah, just hit him with the potion bottle. See literally. how much damage it <laughs> <Seriously>, like, <laughs> Take it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Concussion, concussion. Can I roll that? I was doing everything possible. I found the workaround. I found the strats. Not the speedrun strats, but um That's ridiculous. I mean, even me playing Bioshock, like I get into a new area and I'm like because you can screw it up. And I have like six saves. Like and I have one that I cycle through saving over like the main one. Man, that's, that was that's that's that, a rookie mistake. <laughs> I had to walk I had to walk away. I went downstairs to Lauren. She was watching Hunter Hunter. Is it Hunter Hunter? Hunter X Hunter. Hunter X Hunter. So she was watching that downstairs in um crocheting. And I go down and I just she she looked at me. She's like, What's wrong? And I was like, I, I was like, I fucked up my Final Fantasy 12 save. She's like, what happened? And I kind of walked through yeah. the whole story. And and I was like, I'm literally doing 1,000 damage <laughs> with this one guy, and it's gonna take forever. And she's like, Well, just keep going. You got this. You, she was the best cheerleader, right? She's like, okay, I'll go, I'll go try. And I came downstairs just weathered in a shell of my former self. <laughs> and I said, Hollow eyes. I said, <laughs> I've seen some shit. <laughs> I said, I did it. I was like, I'm going to go take a walk. <laughs> oh, <my> gosh. <laughs> it's like shell shock and then just like existential crisis. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I just felt like, oh, I don't even know how to describe it. I went and took a walk. I came I back. I be alone with my thoughts. I do. And uh, we persevered and we finally 
rogue credits in Final Fantasy. After that, I just kind of steamrolled the rest of the game. But that, oh my so goodness! After that, did you get your attack back? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, That's such a hard choice for. Yeah. So if anyone plays Final Fantasy XII, do not be like Rusty Ari Lewis, twenty eleven. Sacrifice your map and continue to go through the game. You'll be golden. Um, do not learn from my mistakes, people. Mm-hmm. Learn from my mistakes. <laughs> but yeah. That was crazy. Final Fantasy XII, we knocked that out. GoldenEye, we knocked that out. Then I was just kind of like, um, dip my toes in a couple different Game Pass games. Yeah. Uh, so I'll just rattle through these quickly. One of them I've started, it's honestly my kind of like before bed ritual at this point. It's called Unpacking. Mm, okay. What's you literally, that? from this isometric perspective, in a variety of different rooms, in a variety of different environments, just unpack moving boxes. And so think of college dorm room, right? When you move in for college, it's a nice summer breeze going on and you have like five or six boxes that you bring to college with you. I've unpacked stuff before. Yeah. Yeah. And so you have like your pencils, your computers, your pants, your underwear, your Game Boy and your books, your textbooks, your journals, all of that stuff. You're taking in each individual item out of the box and placing it and organizing it around the room. It is one of the most surprisingly relaxing games you'll ever play. You have this chill, instrumental, soft piano music playing while you do it. What and is this on? Xbox, Switch, you can get it on okay. everything. Yeah, but it's, all, it's free on Game Pass. That's a weird one. It sounds like a weird concept, <laughs> but it, it is so, what, so The real, point is so just relaxing. to unpack the boxes? Yes, and and when you unpack each box, like the the cardboard box, like disappears. It's so satisfying. And then once you finish decorating the room, it'll tell you like, hey, you really shouldn't be putting putting toilet paper in your dorm room. This should go in, in the bathroom, mm-hmm. right? And so you you make those changes or whatever. And then a little story happens, and you're kind of going through a scrapbook of someone's life. Hmm. And it's kind of chronicle chronicling like going to college and then buying your first house and having your first kid, and and so it kind of chronicles that in this scrapbook as you kind of unpack each room that's kind of cool it's really neat super chill highly recommended a terrific little indie game great to play before bed cool so i've been playing that i also played a game called somerville never heard of it so from what i understand um the ex co-founder or one of the co-founders of the studio that developed limbo and inside Two very highly regarded indie titles. He left the studio to form a different independent studio, and their first game was Somerville. It's kind of a side-scrolling adventure game. Think like your old school flashbacks or Another World or even Pitfall. And it's very dark, kind of World of the Worlds-esque story where you kind of drive home with your family. It's a man his wife and his little child and their dog. They live out in the middle of a farm, kind of in the middle of nowhere. They're sitting there watching TV one night. They all fall asleep. And in the background of the almost kind of claymation diorama looking house that you live in, you see all these red lights and a big thunderous crash. And what happens is these aliens invade Earth. Oh. So without going into spoilers or too much detail, you you play as this man he ends up kind of getting these powers as a result of this alien invasion. And you use those powers to solve a variety of environmental puzzles 
to progress the story and figure out what happened to your son and your wife because they're taken, they kind of vanish. You don't really know what happens. And so the, the game is really you just trying to get closer to where the aliens crash landed using your powers to um, solve a variety of these environmental puzzles and kind of figuring out the whereabouts of your family. Nice. And there's no dialogue. There's no narration. It's all kind of um, played out just by the actions of your characters. So you usually don't like puzzle games. Mm -hmm. Is it Rusty approved puzzle game? It is. Yeah. Very, very simple stuff. I never really consulted a guide. The only time I did actually consult a guide without spoiling too much is I got to the very tail end of the game. And you had to sacrifice a map, attack, defense. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Magic. Um, no, I. the game just kind of like abruptly ended. And I was like, well, that's weird. And then I, it like sent me back to the last checkpoint. So I pulled up a guide to figure out like, what did I do something wrong oh, here? Oh, it's like a tunic kind of like true ending type thing? Sort of. There's like six different endings for this game. Oh. So okay. at the very end, I did use a guide just to get the different un- endings. And there's like three bad endings three good endings and like the best possible ending mm-hmm. um so i followed a guy at the very end but everything up until that point yeah very intuitive puzzles um really dark world kind of reminded me of like a, a ray bradbury novel or again war of the worlds really interesting game again i beat it in about three three and a half hours if you're into stuff like limbo and certainly inside check it out i didn't think it, it was it was i've never played inside i've played limbo I didn't think there was as mind-boggling or earth-shattering, no pun intended, um, a story reveal at the yeah. end of this one that I've heard is an inside, but it's still thought-provoking. So when you say bad ending, is it like you you all die because of the aliens, or like it's Bloodborne's good ending is you turn into a squid? Like, what do you mean by bad endings? Like the aliens destroy Earth and everyone oh, okay. dies. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Spoilers. <laughs> so yeah so yeah fair enough um it's free on game pass it came out um i think november of last year i have to imagine this is a timed exclusive it'll probably eventually come to switch and playstation but uh but yeah solid three and a half hours fun indie game i'll recommend it nice yeah i'll take a look uh last thing i'll mention ryan earlier this week there was an episode of the last of us that you've not seen yet so i will not go into spoilers yep. but uh, everyone knows it's been following the last of us TV show on HBO up to this point that Nick Offerman plays the very char- uh, very charismatic and interesting Bill in the game. Yeah, I haven't met him yet. Yeah, well, you because you're in the show. You haven't yeah. seen the third episode yet. Oh, he's, is this actually in the game itself? These characters that are in this episode. What the fuck, man? Have you have you have you never played The Last of Us? Fucking a decade ago. Bill's town is like one of the most memorable. Oh, okay. Story beats of the game. Oh, I don't remember that at all. I remember like the first two episodes worth of stuff, but like <sighs> after that, it's pretty blank until like the last. So hours. next weekend, I'll be holding auditions for a new co-host seat <laughs> for Otaku Brothers, <laughs> who has played Final Fantasy Fifteen, The Last of Us in the last year, Bioshock, and Kingdom Hearts goes on. <laughs> Batman, Arkham Asylum, and Middle Earth: Shadow of Mordor. Okay. You've played all those games. It's a high bar. I, I will say that's a high bar. Holler at me, okay? <laughs> Slide into my DMs. Um, but yeah, no. So Bill's Town, very okay. memorable moment. That's uh, just before Ellie and Joel make their way to Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. That's how they get a car. Bill gets them to a car mm. type of thing. Uh, but anyways, all of that to say, Nick Offerman from Parks and Rec fame plays Bill in the show. And naturally, 
because he was on the show, he's been on like a few late night TV shows like mm-hmm. Jimmy Kimmel. And there was this clip that started going viral of him on Jimmy Kimmel. And I'll play the clip for people because it kind of goes into the reason that I played this last game that we'll talk about here in just a second. The Last of Us is a, was started as a video game. Have you ever played that video game? No. I, uh, about 25 years ago, I played my last video game, and I'm very indulgent. I have the same way. I lost a couple of weeks to a video game called Banjo-Kazooie. Okay. And... And two, two weeks went by, and it, I mean, you know, you're, I, I was like, oh my God, the slow dopamine drip is so delicious. Then it's over, and you're like, yes, I won. And immediately, I'm like, what have I done with my life? Yeah, right. And so I decided uh, I'm never going to do that again. And so thankfully, because games have gotten so good, like The Last of Us, that I think I'd be in a basement, and I wouldn't even be going to audition for shows like this. So yeah, basically... Because Nick Offerman played this game 25 years ago, and he's not since played a video game, that was really not the angle I was taking with this. It was more, hey, if he can do it, it's time for Rusty to finally roll credits in Banjo-Kazooie. Because the listeners are well aware, especially if you've been around for a while, there's a, there's a handful of games that I love so much, I just figured, nah, I'm just going to walk away right at the finish line. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. Why would you want to see a great thing end? And uh, the reason why... Spoilers, I didn't want to finish Banjo-Kazooie. It was not because I didn't really want to see the ending. It was Click Clock Wood just ruined me. The platforming is very challenging, um, even for veteran 3D platformer fans like myself. Climbing up that tree, I'm not going to get into the nuance. You know if you've played Banjo-Kazooie, you can pull up videos, gameplay guides, or whatever. It's just tough. Okay. And I just walked away because I was just frustrated. But... Nick Offerman gave me the encouragement I needed, pulled it up on Game Pass, went back to my save file. To this point, I collected all the jiggies, I'd collected all the jinjos, musical notes, honeycomb pieces, literally everything, and I was about 50% through the collectibles in Click Clock Wood. All I needed to do was finish that world, go through the historically hated quiz game that Gruntilda put you through, we'll get to that in a second, and then beat Gruntilda as the final boss. Oh. I would beat the game. So I pulled up a guide. I'm like, let me just follow these last little few collectibles and click lock wood. Let's just get it done. I did in like less than an hour. That's all it took. Nice. Went through the Gruntilda uh, quiz challenge, which is still kind of a nightmare. Basically, it's a a board game board. Okay. And there are a variety of different tiles. Each tile represents a different type of question that she asks you. So like Candyland with questions. Kind of. And so each you know, tile might be a question of like, hey, when uh, you went to Treasure Trove Cove and you talked to this one guy, what was his name? Oh, gosh. Well, thankfully, there's a guide. So anytime she started talking, you only have to there's something like that in ukulele, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. At the very beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of where that little quiz challenge comes okay, from. Is that ban- makes sense. Is Banjo-Kazooie. And so thankfully, there's a guide for the majority of those questions. Because the developers of Rare are crazy, at least they were in the 90s, wandered or littered around the world of Banjo-Kazooie is her sister, Gruntilda's sister. And she's like a little uh, fairy type of deal. And she tells you these random factoids about Gruntilda. Like, hey, this is the high school that she went to. This is the name of her high school, (laughs) right? So there are certain tiles on this game board that Gruntilda will ask you about. You have one of three answers to select. 
but it's different for every player that plays the game. Oh shit. So it's, a, it's, it's just random. You have a one in three chance of it being one of those three answers. So naturally by trial and error, I just exhausted. I, I just, just kept, brute force just it. kept failing yeah. until I found the correct answer for each of those tiles. And then we persevered. We found our way through. We got through the game board. We beat Gruntilda with the Gingenator. <laughs> Literally five gym, Jinjos um, kind of like fused together to become a giant Jinjo. And, and <laughs> this is ridiculous. Banjo Kazooie and spoilers. Stuff. <laughs> you Gingenator. <laughs> and you, uh, you beat Gruntilda. So we did it. We rolled credits. Nice. We finally beat a childhood classic. One of the best on the N64. Certainly one of the best 3D platformers ever. We did it. And now it's time to play Banjo-Tooie. Nice. I'll beat it in 26 years. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that's all I've been playing, man. Lots of great indie love on Game Pass. I also installed New Super Lucky's Tale because I knew you were playing it. Mm-hmm. Knocked out a few levels in that. Game is so freaking happy. Um, I also installed Trek to Yumi, which okay. is a black and white side-scrolling hack-and-slash game that looks like Ghost of Tsushima on a 2D Ooh. plane. Okay. Uh, it's level-based. Should be a quick three to five hour beat. Uh, that'll probably be the last thing I play before Hogwarts Legacy. Very nice. Next week. And I also have Okami HD installed in the PlayStation. So I'm hoping to play that after Hogwarts Legacy. Lots so, of games. A lot of come. excellent gaming in our futures. Yes, for sure. Um, I'm excited to hear what you think about Plague Tale. Yeah. It's going to be uh, similar to Bioshock. It's it's going to be hard for me to get through, but I'm I'm excited. Be a nice challenge. Be a nice challenge. But, Ryan, I need to fill my coffee. We need to take a quick break. We'll cue up some tunes. We'll allow the listeners to refill their beverages as well. And we'll be back for some, I imagine, absurd conversation, lots of laughs with some Chuck Klosterman supertheticals. We'll be right back. So we're going to get into it. Chuck Klosterman's Superthetical's. Now just to remind the good people if they were not around for the Chuck Klosterman Hypertheticals or even some of the Superthetical's that we've done at this point, you can get these on Amazon. Kudos to our friends over on Tarkaron because they were the ones who did this originally and I thought those conversations are ridiculous. They would make for really fun talk on Otaku Brothers for the two of us. So Chuck Klosterman comes in his little box, 50 new questions for strange conversations. Author, Chuck Klosterman, of course, of hypotheticals, eating the dinosaur, sex, drugs, and cocoa puffs. But what if we're wrong? Raised in captivity and Chuck Klosterman X. Those are a lot of words <laughs> strung together. <laughs> Crazy dude. Crazy dude. I wish I was making some of that stuff up. We're going to do five of these. Um... If we kind of breeze through these, we can maybe do more. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking five. Yeah, that sounds good. And uh, we'll kind of go from there. 
And with these cards, it kind of presents a situation. Typically, it has you either um, thinking about a specific person that you'll involve in this situation, yeah. or it'll be um, some random person. It doesn't really matter, yep. right? So each card will tell us what to do. For the first card, this is a specific person, okay? Mm-hmm. This is a person you knew half a lifetime ago who A, is still alive, and B, you've not been in contact with since that time. For example, if you're 30, which is kind of like us, yep. that would be a memorable individual you knew when you were 15, but have not interacted with them since you were a teenager. It's okay if the math does not work out perfectly here. Okay. What do you have in mind? Uh, I had a friend in high school. His name was Jared. Okay. I'm going to do my Spanish teacher, Mr. Checkler. Okay. One of my Very favorite nice. teachers ever. Um, respond- Can I change mine then to a teacher? Yeah, sure. I'll change mine to Mr. Cherubino. Okay. He was my English teacher, I think, in the seventh or eighth grade. Okay. And I think he was also the drama teacher, and he called me a clever sausage. Nice. <laughs> yep. Nice. All right. He's a here, weird guy. Here we go. It sounds kind of weird. Um, anyways, you were the victim of a terrible accident, Ryan. Oh, no. You're alive and conscious. Conscious. What a weird word to say. Yeah. But so the, many syllables. <laughs> but the situation is dire. Many broken bones, lots of bleeding, and severe damage to critical internal organs. You're airlifted to a hospital and prepped for emergency surgery. Just before you're wheeled into the operating room and given anesthesia. Anesthesia? Anesthesia. Another fucking weird word. (laughs) So many weird words on this card. You recognize the surgeon. They are the imagined person. Oh, no. But they don't recognize you. The anesthesia mask is placed over your nose and mouth. You begin to lose consciousness. But are your final, what are your final thoughts as you drift toward darkness? <laughs> Probably I wasn't a clever enough sausage not to get into this wreck <laughs> to lead me to this place. <laughs> yeah. That's terrifying. I would not want my English teacher giving me drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why he's probably in jail now. He's giving kids drugs. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, they're probably like, oh, crap. This is not... <laughs> I did not want to see him hovering over me again. Well, the only thing I can think of is Mr. Checkler oftentimes before holidays would always play a movie with Spanish subtitles Mm. just because one, he's a Spanish teacher. Yeah. Um, He was a very big fan of like Disney, Pixar, DreamWorks, stuff like that. And the movie I kind of remember most vividly watching in his class was Shrek 3. Oh, okay. (laughs) So my final thoughts are probably going to be tied to Shrek 3. Maybe I, I wake up and I sound like Mike Myers. Maybe I wake up and I'm a donkey. No hablas espanol. And just like pass out. Yeah. I don't know. Something Spanish related probably. Yeah. But my first thought goes directly to Shrek 3. Okay. So I would just be thinking about. <laughs> Have you ever heard the uh, Shrek 1 in Spanish? Where he's talking about like the little gingerbread boy on uh, Gingerbread Man? No. Talking about his gumdrops and then little Farquad in Spanish. No. It's great. I'll check that out after the <laughs> podcast. Um, okay. Interesting. So I'm going to be thinking about Shrek 3. You're going to be thinking about... Not being a clever sausage. Mm. Enough to get out of here. <laughs> yep. This next card. Okay. A hypothetical person. Okay. Okay. This person whose age and gender mirror your own is verbally aggressive, physically imposing, and exhibits all the superficial characteristics of someone... Who is affluent and educated. Okay. 
Is that affluent or affluent? Either or. Really Potato testing my grammar abilities here, yeah. <laughs> you are a passenger on a crowded subway train. The imagined person is standing upright, gripping a handrail. They begin talking to the passenger seated next to you, an unassuming individual who is reading a book. They attempt to initiate casual conversation with the reader. The reader looks up at them, says nothing, and returns the book. The imagined person is clearly offended. At first, they quietly criticize the reader for being rude, but the criticisms escalate. They mock the passenger's book, clothing, and physical appearance. Next, they loudly accuse the passenger of being a pedophile. Then, <laughs> they threaten to assault the passenger once the train reaches the destination. Is that made up or is that the card? I'm not that cl- clever. <laughs> I'm not that clever <laughs> of a sausage, like, right? That's fair enough. Holy shit. All right. This entire interaction lasts five minutes. The reader never looks up from their book or expresses any outward discomfort. But at what point, if any, do you inject yourself into the altercation? What do you say? <sighs> That's a tough one. Uh, have you ever been on a subway? Mm-hmm. You have? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was. I went on, I guess the only time I was really on a subway was in Chicago. Yeah, and I was in Chicago as well. Yeah, and... I mean, you have like sketchy people going through trains asking for drugs and mm-hmm. like y- you don't know if they're armed or have like a knife yeah. on them and stuff. Um, if he's willing to get aggressive that quickly, I don't know if I'd want to intervene. I Maybe if it even if it gets physical, mm-hmm. like. Ah, that's that's tough. There's definitely a risk involved. Do you protect the pedophile or the accused pedophile? Well, I think you try and feel out the vibe of the person that's doing the accusations. I mean, yeah. what were the, how'd they describe that person? There was some pretty. He was, dis- he was aggressive, but he's like a smart businessman. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would probably try and really read out the situation. Um, Maybe look for eye contact for like other passengers. Like, yeah, if, like, hey, if shit we- starts going down, you're like, make eye contact with like another dude and say like, do we hop like head yeah. nod this guy do we leverage the resources around us i think yeah you got to come together as a group of people at that point yeah i have no combat training so like i don't know what i do like to restrain someone mm-hmm. yeah i think it'd be more about just like power numbers yeah right and just like look at the other people like hey if this escalates like we we gotta protect this poor person over here like just reading romeo and juliet yeah i wonder what book you'd be reading like that would I thought that make him go off so hard. Knowing Chuck Klosterman, I feel like that would be the question. After all of that, he'd be like, "What book was the passenger reading?" <laughs> it would probably be like an audit book, and I'd be pissed about seeing someone read audit related mm-hmm. stuff or anything accounting. Um, Catcher in the Rye. He's reading Catcher in the Rye. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sophisticated, kind of an f the world kind of guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> just going off on a dude reading like Green Eggs and <laughs> some <laughs> Doctor like- Seuss book. Yeah. Sam I am? You think Sam is I am? <laughs> How dare you? No. Red fish, blue fish, green fish, two fish. I think it's probably like some classic literary book that you'd uh-huh. have to read for like your AP. The Outsider. Class. Yeah. Yeah. The Outsiders, um, Catcher in the Rye, The Giver. The Giver. I, I really liked The Giver. It's a cool concept. The series of unfortunate events. How poetic. That's what he's reading. Did they ever finish that series? Yeah, 13 books. Really? Mm-hmm. What happened at the end? Uh, I don't I don't know. I got through a few of those. I remember there was like someone eating like a banana or something on a lake full of like fish that eat people who eat bananas on a boat. It sounds very Lemony Snicket like. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Lemony Snicket. All right, I haven't heard that name in l- Let's keep years. going, Ryan. <laughs> this next card. Yep. A hypothetical person. 
Or a hypothetical, not a hypothetical. (laughs) It's a struggle. It's a school. Yeah. Either are. This person is someone you have nothing in common with. They are the polar opposite of you in every meaningful way. Okay. They also have an annoying voice and an overbearing personality. I mean, you come to mind. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I got it. I got it. Okay. And it's a hypothetical person. Yeah, okay. Your brother-in-law. Yeah. Um, Rusty Lou. There it is. Yep. You were seated next to this person on a commercial flight to Colorado, oh, which is something that happened like two years ago. Uh-huh. Um, for two hours, they conduct a one-sided conversation. Regaling, regaling? Yeah. You nonstop with boring stories about their own brilliance. Suddenly, the left engine fails or falls off the plane and the other spontaneously fails. The plane begins to nosedive. Most passengers start screaming and panicking but your seatmate remains inexplicably calm and composed. They grab your hand, tell you their name, and say the following, I live in Denver. Denver. My name in the phone book. If I die and you survive, you must call my spouse and tell them that all the money is in a briefcase at the YMCA next to our house. In locker number 123, the combination of the locker is 1, 2, 3. They repeat this information twice so that you will remember it. The plane crashes into a field outside Denver. They die in impact, but you miraculously survive without a scratch. What do you do with the information that this person gave you? Hmm. It's a good question. Go to the YMCA, <laughs> grab the briefcase, see what's up, mm-hmm. and then, like all of the advertisements say, singles in your area you know his wife is now single. Mm. So you have lots of money that you bring to the table and you've got a new potential suitor. But the real question is, do you want to talk to someone who's willing to husband someone that boring? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think the more curious, I mean, you you almost sound like you're describing you're going to become Sawyer. Boring, from, yeah, Sawyer. Sawyer, Sawyer the crap out of it. The con yeah. man, you know what I mean? Yeah. So you're you're going to become a con man. Sure. I'm I'm game. Like you're looking for a change in life. <laughs> Conman's not where I saw it going, but we we can try it. Give up the supply I want to be as life. beautiful as Sawyer was. So yeah, you have a long way to go, buddy. I do. Yeah, yeah we all do. Uh, we can only hope to look as good as Josh Holloway. People, my mm-hmm. goodness, what a beautiful man. Um, man, yeah, I don't know what I'd do in this situation. I mean, I would. The, do- the, there's a clear right answer. Yeah, for right. Sure. It's you go to the wife and say, hey. Do you, is your YMCA memberships not expired? Still valid. And if it isn't, you should probably renew. Want to go for a swim? <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. No. I think the obviously the right the logical thing to do is to go talk to this person's spouse mm-hmm. and just say like, "Yo, I, you're not even going to believe this, but you know, I was sitting next to your husband and yada yada yada." You go to the YMCA, or you just tell her like, "Hey, there's clearly." Some briefcase in some locker room. Here's the digits that you need. Um, go do what you need to do. What do you think their response is going to be, though? Do you think they're even going to believe you? Because what if they just say you could be Get a crazy person? Like, why would you have a briefcase full of money in the YMCA? That sounds like he was doing some illegal activity, mm-hmm. and like maybe he was undercover, and like the boring personality was his cover. What if he's like CIA? What if he faked his own death and he started a new life in Europe? Oh, shit. Hmm. A lot of potential options here. Yeah. He also could have faked his death on the plane. 
Uh, yeah, just get up, get another plane. Yeah. Why wouldn't he have gotten the briefcase, though? Why leave it for your wife? Well, he was pl- he was on his way back to Denver to get the briefcase. His mm. wife still wouldn't have known and about it. And he would have bailed from his wife. What? Hmm. Yeah. That's a good question. There's so many questions on. with so little answers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I'd probably just do the right thing. I'd go talk to the wife. Now, if she... Kind of like... What if she's snippy? Yeah, what if she freaks? Yeah. Guess you're not getting a briefcase full of money. Yeah. If if she starts to freak and say like, hey, I was sitting next to your husband and she just kind of starts throwing some like tantrum, starts well, slapping I mean, me or something. I feel like if a random person comes to your door and says, hey, there's a briefcase in the YMCA full of money. Like, I feel like that's like, hey, you get an email who you're in, from a Nigerian prince mm-hmm. who needs like gift cards. From iTunes <laughs> to like reclaim his throne. <laughs> like it's one of those situations. Oh, the right? classic Nigerian prince that wants iTunes credits. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I need your help. And then once I become the king again, I'll give you all the money. Dude, yeah. I just need Sean King. It's really from like some like thing in Singapore where scammers, but Yeah. I, I just need ninety nine cents so I can buy Sean Kingston's beautiful girl. Oh, such help, help me out. Such a classic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right next to the Beatles and Queen. <laughs> Sean Kingston. Oh, yeah. I think he recently came back and had like a new album. I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. Um, yeah, I think I'm just going to go talk to this person and just say, yo, you got this suitcase. Do with it what you will. Mm-hmm. But if she freaks, then I'm going to go pick up the suitcase. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the, that's the way to go. All right, Ryan. This next one, hypothetical person. Okay. All right. This person is tall. Thin, hairless, and middle-aged. Okay. They are unclear. They are of unclear ethnicity and wear a monochromatic jumpsuit. I don't even know what... It's just a singular color. Okay. You are alone in a public park, relaxing on a bench, playing Hearthstone on your iPad. Your name is Blink. Oh, wait, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> this person approaches you. They somehow know your first name. They tell you that they're, they've traveled through time from the distant future and that you should dedicate your life to mathematics because the work you will eventually do will positively change the future of humankind. This person tells you that you do not need to pursue any level of higher education or find a mathematical mentor. You just need to devote your entire life to thinking about abstract math in order to ultimately save society. You ask this person to prove that they are from the future. They say they can't do that. Because any information they give you might have a rippling effect that could alter reality. But they do tell you this. Tomorrow, a strange thing will happen to a public official that will serve as proof of my claims. The next day, you learn that the governor of your state was killed and eaten by a bear inside the state capitol. Mm. How did a bear get in the state capitol? (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, that's good proof. Very specific. Yeah. Um, no one knows how the bear got the He was bill. trying to levy some complaints and it just escalated from there. Yeah. Is this enough to convince you to devote your life to thinking about abstract math? <laughs> There's no amount of like divine intervention that would get me to do math for the rest of my life. <laughs> I don't care if like a moose joined the bear eating the dude in the capital. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, that's why I left engineering mm-hmm. was the math was just no fun in mm-hmm. those college courses. Yeah. Yeah. Multivariable integrals. You want to find the uh, the amount of volume underneath it. 
underneath a curve. Does that sound fun to you? It doesn't oh. sound fun to me. No, not <laughs> cosine, really. Cosine, cosine, tangent, mm-hmm. sine. <laughs> <laughs> fun stuff. <laughs> Hard pass. Yeah. Hard pass on that. I, I would almost need, just give me the formula that I created or whatever. Like the proof. Yeah. Well, this just brings up like a more interesting topic. And I think you and I needed to kind of have Time some, travel? Yeah, some broader uh, topic sometime related to time travel. Because I believe Josh Frantic, he sent us a an audio clip a while back. And I still have all that stuff saved. Any email we've ever gotten from anyone, I still have it saved. Um, but we should re-listen to that to kind of frame up a broader discussion around. I think the, we will go through dark. The implications of time travel. Yeah. And just how one, because when you start thinking about it and you get too down that rabbit hole, you start thinking about what if someone has already gone back in time to redirect history so i don't know like friggin we, we won the world war ii so the nazis didn't take over like that one show you were watching yeah from what i understand or what i've listened to time the timeline is linear up until the point that a timeline or a time machine is created and then everything after that branches out mm. but like you can't go back in time before a time machine was created but yeah, interesting. Uh, I like the idea of like, or we should go through dark again, which is very much like time travel related stuff, and then do that conversation yeah, for sure. It's a great show. Anyone okay. who hasn't watched dark, watch dark. Netflix, three yeah. seasons. Yeah, watch it before they increase the price based off of uh, count sharing. Yeah, dude. We're... Is, so I I was getting pissed, and I was I talked to my coworkers about this, and I was talking to Ethan about this as well. Um, so it sounds like they might be doing it based off of the IP address. Mm-hmm. So even like if you're VPNing to different countries, like you're stuck with like for us, the U S catalog. Mm-hmm. Whereas like if I wanted to watch full metal alchemist brotherhood on Netflix, I'd have to go to like Germany or mm-hmm. something. Um, and then we, I think it's like four or five bucks for an additional account. That sucks. Yeah. I, I think that's going to tank their company if they do that. Probably. Like, it's already down. I think it dropped. It was like 650 was their stock price maybe a couple years ago, and it went down to like 180. Hey, people change their tune really quick nowadays when they see the social social media like kind of unwrap. I mean, look at way back when, I think it was like PlayStation when they said, hey, we're pulling the Vita and play- PlayStation 3 stores here in like two months. And like the public outcry was insane. And like, never mind, we're going to extend this 12 more months just for you guys. Right. Yeah. They, I, I assume it's going to go for one month and then they're going to be like, Get the CEO out of there. I think they just changed over their CEO. We've lost like 60% of our subscribers. Yeah. I think they just got rid of the Disney CEO too. But yeah, they're, I think it'll last a month and they'll be like, shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, when they hemorrhage money. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's do this last kind of, kind of final card here. <laughs> let's go into the economics of Netflix. <laughs> but no, I think we should talk about time tri- tribal and the yeah. implications of it yeah. at some I'm, point. I'm totally game. We'll do it. We'll do it. Um, this last card. A specific person. Okay. This person is a deceased celebrity. They can be any kind of celebrity, actor, writer, athlete, politician, but they must be dead. Freddie Mercury. I'm going to go with Robin Williams. Oh, he's a good one. I've been watching a lot of clips from Goodwill Hunting recently. All right. You awake from an unusually vivid dream. Is, uh, is this dream... Oh, I'm sorry. Let me restart. Okay, cool. You awake from an unusually vivid dream. In this dream, the imagined person visits you in your bedroom and addresses you directly. Ooh. 
they calmly tell you that the circumstances surrounding their death have been incorrectly reported. The celebrity urges you to tell the world what really happened, which is that they were assassinated by the U.S. government. Oh, shit. The dream is not unpleasant or upsetting. It's just a pointed conversation. However, you do not have this dream only once. You start to have it every single night. It is always the last dream you have before waking in the morning. This goes on for 30 days with no sign of stopping. Oh gosh, that's an annoying dream. <laughs> what do you do? I'm actually going to switch my response. Yeah, I might want to switch mine. I'm going to go with Elvis. I'm going to go with Kurt Cobain. Okay. It was Courtney Love. Courtney Love did it. I'm just going <laughs> to jump on the conspiracy train. Hmm. So you're really going to go Elvis, the guy that died in the John? <laughs> yeah. So the rumor goes. Well, I mean, Freddie Mercury, he didn't die of AIDS, but you could get into like a conspiracy of like Big Pharma was working on like some thing that he couldn't test or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's Big Plumbing was the reason that Elvis died. Mm. And the lobbyists in the U.S. government didn't want Elvis to be the the face of big plumbing. Um. <laughs> I heard that he was actually in a European country in, you know, those those fancy toilets where the water kind of shoots up. The bidet, the bidets. Bidets, yeah, kind of yeah, shot up That's a big fast. competitor to yeah. basic toilets. That's right. And yeah. uh, he just like shot to the ceiling, broke his neck. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> just a can you imagine the amount of water pressure you <laughs> need to shoot a dude off a toilet? Like freaking fire hose. How pain that would just destroy you. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> it's getting shotgun blast out of a day. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Malfunction. Yeah, I mean there's there's three as everyone knows, this is common knowledge. There are three big competitors in big plumbing. Mm-hmm. And that's the American style toilet, which is just really low tier when it comes to toilets um, as a connoisseur of the toilet. Oh, sure. Um, There's the European. There's the bidet plus the basic kind of American model. And then there's the Japanese style with heated seats. You got bidets and everything. That's like the high tier. You can gamble. You can play Pachinko like right there. on the Yeah. Oh, there's there's so many. They they provide a switch. Every toilet. That's why Konami doesn't make Metal Gear Solid games anymore. They're just making toilets. (laughs) Exactly. So, yeah, I think Elvis was, yeah, like you were saying, branching out to other markets. And um, they kind of had to frame him. Just mm-hmm. drugs. And I guess a shotgun blast of day water to the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. We'll go with that. Tragic. Tragic. The Yeah, we're going to have some Netflix. I, I think we if we don't disappear... When big plumbing comes after us, this after hearing this episode, yeah, it's it's a risk we take. That's right, on the talk, brothers. Yeah, the truth has to come out, Ryan. Yeah, the truth it does. has to come out. Uh, we'll be sure to reach out to Netflix soon to do a exclusive special mm-hmm. on the true death of Elvis Presley <laughs> and Kurt Cobain. Yeah, we don't have proof yet, but it, we're working on it. Yep, yep, that's right. Uh, wow, those are fun. Yeah. <laughs> We'll definitely have to get back to more of the superthetical's here soon. Hopefully, everyone else out out there enjoyed our our fun discussion there, talking about uh, our Spanish teacher, our English teacher, you know, going under with the anesthesia stuff and yeah. Shrek three. Wow, what a ride! Yeah. 
Yeah, it was a good time. What a ride. But yeah, we'll do more of those, I think, between larger uh, topic episodes, like our Destiny Island Challenge, like our Memory of Melody stuff, uh, like our E3 hype discussions or whatever. Uh, but yeah, in two weeks, we will be doing another Destiny Island Challenge episode for the OG original Xbox. We'll be playing all kinds of fun advertisements that I'll pull from YouTube. We'll talk about the launch leading up to the release of the Xbox, the the launch titles, sales numbers, the birth of Halo and Master Chief, and uh, we'll, of course, talk about our top five games on the OG Xbox that we would take to a desert island. Yeah. So write us, write us an email. Send us an, an email. We'll talk about this podcast at gmail.com if you want to get in on the fun discussion. But as we come to the tail end of any Otaki Brothers episode, I'll remind people that one, I toss things over to my brother-in-law and ask him if he has any parting words or fun facts for the listeners because two, this is an educational program, Ryan. So do you have any fun facts for the listeners this week? (laughs) I do. So I was in the gym this morning before we started recording and they have some TVs around and there was a commercial and it is for the Galaxy S24 Ultra. Okay, a phone. Yeah, a phone. So there's a couple versions, and this isn't like promotional for iPhones or Galaxy or Samsung or whatever. Go to Verizon and add Otaku <laughs> Brothers Podcast <laughs> yeah. to you get, get a 20% discount off your next phone purchase. That's right. Um, so I, I was looking back at like the original iPhone. Mm-hmm. So it was the iPhone 2G back in 2007. Wow. The options were $500 option or $600 option for two gigs and eight gigs. Wow. Going to the Galaxy here in 2023 that's coming out. Like one zettabyte versus yeah. like. <laughs> it's a $700 option and it's 256 gigabytes and there was a sale. I mean, it shows how much data or the uh, gigs actually cost. Uh, 512 are all $700. Mm. And then there's a. 1120 or 1120. That's not how you say that. $1,120 option. We're so used to saying 1120 as like just reading through numbers. Yeah, we're struggling with words. 1100. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, And it's a terabyte Mm -hmm. for $1,100. Wow. But the thing that made me crack up about this. So you remember the original iPhone. It just has one little dot for the camera. Like really tiny. Yeah. (laughs) Go look up the Galaxy s24 ultra five different cameras on the back oh my god looks ridiculous so by the time we get into like what s4 like 100 or whatever the stupid naming convention is going to be in mm-hmm. the future i mean even iphone have like three at this point yeah i, f- I assume the entire back of your phone is just going to be cameras <laughs> and it's going to look there's a phobia of circles next to other circles, oh, yeah. which I definitely have. And I'm starting to get that looking at the back of the phone. Oh, like, dude. It's, it's not good. Well, especially if you see those like pictures, like fungus related ones. Mm, oh, like- gosh. There's that one plant where the entire head of the. Oh, God. Yeah. Ugh. I've seen that copied and pasted onto people's skin and like smoothed into. So there's like holes in. So thanks anyway, thanks for listening. <laughs> Just go look up that galaxy. Jeez, phone, What was dude. the name again? Galaxy S24 Ultra. Wow. Okay. Well, hopefully we've not played into any fears of circles next to each other phobias out there, but we just hope that you found this episode entertaining. Hopefully you got a good laugh. Maybe we inspired you just like Nick Offerman inspired me to go finish Banjo-Kazooie or any other game that's been sitting on your backlog unfinished. You got to the finish line, you backed out. 
for years and years and years, go back and polish off that game. Roll the credits, send us little notes, and uh, be sure to also send us an email letting us know the five original Xbox games you would take to a Destiny Island because we're going to be hanging out with our pals Riku, Sora, and Kyrie here in two weeks. Squatting up, land parties, playing some Halo. Oh yeah. It's going to be good times. All right, everyone, stay healthy, keep playing those great video games, and we will see you real soon.